0: Well, today is a very special day, and um, so the reason why it's so special is because we have the first director of Southland here with us, we have the third director of Southland with us, and we have me, the fourth director of Southland, and it's a historic day because I don't think this has ever happened. So we have with us Pastor Bob Graham from uh, Olathe Olathe View Baptist in Olathe, Kansas, and we have Pastor Todd Sasek from Temple Baptist in uh, Great Falls, Montana. So, thank you for being being here with us and be willing to talk a little bit. And uh, just why don't you, as we start, just introduce uh, your family? Tell us a little bit about your family, and we're going to get into talking about some Southland stuff here in a second. So, we'll start with you, Pastor Pastor Graham.
1: Well, uh, I have four children and a wife, and my wife's name is Connie, and. Four children. We have one child working here. Actually, uh, program director. He came here when he was nine years old, and he's been here without, with the exception of maybe a year or so. But I'm not even sure about that. He might have been here every year since. But
0: uh, and the folks here at Southland and uh, that, no, that that possibly are listening today are Michael know Graham. Mike Graham, probably better as Elmer. But oh, anyway, is that right? Okay. <laughs> but Mike's our program director. Yes. So he's our
1: youngest, and. Uh, and then I have uh, Melissa, who is right now. She's the pastor's wife at Kingsley Baptist Church, and she, she came. I guess she was about 11 years old. And then uh, my son Stephen, Stephen uh, worked at Tri City for 10 years, and uh, so he's in uh, Lee Summit. He's up there by us. He's still active in a ministry. And um, and then we have my son Brian, who's the oldest. And Brian, when he came, I think he was about. Uh, well, I guess he was about 13 years of age when he came here. And so he's a camp director in Alaska, and uh, state troo- he's a chaplain for the Alaskan state troopers and also assistant pastor up there in Fairbanks, Alaska. So that's and our family ma- as we originally many, came. How many grandchildren do you have? We have 16. 16.
0: 16 grandchildren. Sure do. Oh, that's yeah. fantastic. And ten
1: of them are down here. Or <laughs> and uh, so we have ten here and th- two up in Kansas City area, and we have four. In Alaska,
0: and what a what a blessing! And how long have you been pastoring now at Olathe? Twenty View? years,
1: actually. I just uh, just celebrated our twentieth year.
0: And when you left Southland, you went to Olathe View. Is That's that correct? correct. Well,
1: yeah. we we went there. We were looking to start a church, and uh, as a result, uh, there was a church that Eagle Heights Baptist Church was uh, basically given the church leadership or responsibility. The church was folding, and so. They asked Eagle Heights to help them out because they couldn't just they could exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we were looking for a church plant situation. We were actually in St. Louis looking for a church plant situation. We had two people ask us to come on over and visit them in Kansas City. And uh, so we went over there and when we went there, we already had our full plans of going out to start a church in O'Fallon, which is on the west corridor of St. Louis. And uh, <coughs> so they, we went there, and some folks said that, uh, hey, there's a church here in Olathe, and uh, there's several of our people think you're supposed to be the pastor of it. And so I said, oh, really? So, any anyway, rate, long story short. Uh, that's how the Lord landed you there. That's right. So, we looked for a church, start, It was pretty close to it. We had five people that were there, four people were retired, and they, five people voted us in. And so we had. Uh, that was that was our church replant, yeah. I guess you could yeah. say.
0: That's so. wonderful, and um, Brother Bob Graham's uh, church family was just down here. Several of them, there was thirty-one from Olathe View here during this week to do some work projects for us, and that's something that you guys have done several times for Southland, and we were really appreciative of that. And also, Pastor Graham is our speaker for our men's uh, retreat this coming week, so that's why uh, Pastor Graham is here, and. Uh, Pastor Todd Sasek, Brother Todd, and his wife Melanie were our couples retreat speakers for the last week and this week, and so that's why they're down here. Tell us about uh, your family and uh, a little bit about how the Lord led you to
2: uh, Temple Baptist. Well, thanks, Mike. It's glad to be back in Southland. It's, uh, I said It's a little surreal pulling back onto the property after 11 years, and exciting to see how much has stayed the same, yet how much has changed and super excited to see what God is doing here. We are, we've are we been now in Montana uh, for almost 11 years. Uh, April of 2009, I uh, took over a senior pastor at Temple Baptist Church uh, in Great Falls. Uh, all five of our daughters were there with us for a while. The two older ones had been gone out of college and Uh, But they came back and uh, now the three oldest ones are married. Jessica, uh, of course, we're now known more for Jessica than she's known for us as she traveled with the PETA team for six years. And uh, she married uh, Lance Souza. Uh, They live uh, there in Great Falls. Jessica actually is a nurse. Uh, now, uh, she went back to school, and Lance is a uh, police officer with the Great Falls uh, Police Department and very heavily uh, active there and in our ministry. Uh, Jacqueline, uh, daughter number two, uh, she married Joe Sanfilippo. Jacqueline has been very successful as a uh, office uh, administrative assistant mm-hmm. for a couple of uh, large uh, companies. And uh, her and Joe now, Joe's a captain in the Air Force. Uh, He's in the nuclear division and uh, down in Cheyenne, Wyoming, and uh, they're expecting their first child, our first grandchild, September of this year. Super excited about that. Uh, Guess we're old enough to be grandparents now. Uh, Josephine, uh, number three, uh, she is also a nurse. She's an ICU nurse. Uh, She married Uh, Jeff McCurdy, uh, he's also in the Air Force. Uh, They just got transferred over to uh, Offutt Air Force Base over in Omaha, Nebraska, and uh, they'll be stationed there for two to four years, I believe it is, and uh, uh, Josie just uh, got hired on as an ICU uh, cardiac specialist nurse there, and they're excited. They just got married this past August, and so they haven't been married a year yet. Julia, daughter number four, uh, who, you know, her formative years were here at Southland mm-hmm. and uh, as a youngster growing up with your kids, mm-hmm. and uh, so many fond memories of, um, you know, her, her favorite things still today are turtles and frogs, and she developed <laughs> that love uh, from Camp Lake. Uh, Julia's a junior in studying biology over at Pensacola Christian College. Um, her Uh, Long-term goal is to ultimately, uh, Lord willing, uh, be a veterinarian, and uh, just praying for God's will concerning that. Uh, uh, Jenna, who was born here in Louisiana, uh, she was our shock uh, that uh, she was born in 2004. uh, So she grew up here. She was five when we left, and uh, she is uh, still at home. She'll be 16. In fact, uh, when we get back here, uh, so in two weeks, we'll be having... Uh, her Sweet Sixteen Purity Celebration and giving her her uh, ruby ring. Uh, our, our last one that we're doing that for and uh, so thankful for what God's doing in them uh, and super excited for them. My wife, uh, Melanie, is still uh, involved in uh, teaching. We've always uh, home-educated the kids. And uh, with uh, Jenna, they're involved in uh, uh, 4-H and other things with the animals and then uh, very active in our ministry. We have a... Uh, with... Uh, Melanie oversees a lot of our ladies' things, and um, going very well. Glad to be back here at Southland, though. Excited and when you. you
0: left Southland, um, uh, that's quite a move to Great Falls, Montana. Tell yeah. us how that came about, and then we'll—I would definitely want to talk about the time you guys were here at Southland. Sure. You
2: know, when we were—you uh, know—when our ministry time was ending here at the end of 2008, and uh, you know the. The folks graciously allowed us to stay until we knew which direction that we were going to go. I spent the month of December praying. I never saw myself as a pastor. Uh, quite frankly, I'm not sure I still do. And I said, uh, I'm, <laughs> well, "I'm more sure you make uh, a great I'm, one." I'm more of a sheepdog than a shepherd. You know, kind of my my nature. And uh, but I prayed about it, and you know, we had some other opportunities down here that folks uh, sought us out over, but uh, just felt like that uh, there was needs in other places whether it was on the mission field or whatever God would have and and I had two different people neither one that I knew uh, send me information about a church in Montana that was looking for a pastor and and uh, so I just I sent an email and and uh, started the communication and, and everybody asked who we knew in Montana I said God's the only one we knew in Montana and uh, we we're uh, we went and candidate and and uh, Lord saw fit uh, uh, to call us and you've there. been there how long now? It'll be 11 years uh, this April. Mm-hmm. That's awesome.
0: Well, it's amazing to me how God shapes people's lives, and we don't have time today to talk about all of our life, you know. But um, each of these men have um, some a special testimony even prior to coming to Southland, and it's neat how God um, how God shapes our lives and takes us different places. But what we want to do is just talk a little bit about Southland because I know our people will be listening to this will be interested to to know that about some of the history and some of the things that that you all have experienced in southland and i want to say very uh at the very start of this is this is for the glory of god anything that that good that has happened here at southland is all to the praise of his glory and we ought to reflect on the works of god and so um i for one want to say thank you to these men for paving the way for southland christian camp because the sacrifices and the efforts that they and their families have made are the reason in part why we are able to continue here at southland and uh, i'm going to start with you brother graham because you were the first director of southland christian camp and uh, many people know this and if you're interested in more history you can go to our website there's some uh information about the BMA uh, ministry here and, and and a full rundown of some history there. But um, I want you to speak to um, how that came about back in the early 90s. Uh, I'm gonna let you talk about it because, That's and great. share with us um, the starting point, what that was like, and just, um, I'll filter in with a few questions here and there as, it, as they come up, but tell us about um, how that
2: came about for you. I, I might have questions too. <laughs>
1: well uh, it was uh, i was 35 years old and i went to my pastor i was an assistant pastor for a youth pastor for 12 years it was four years in california eight years in south louisiana and um, so I, I went to my pastor I, I you know as assistant pastor i'd done everything i was a bus director youth director music director you know buildings and maintenance and i i did all that an assistant pastor you know and had experience in that and i figured 35 years of age you know, I felt like uh, God was stirring the nest, you know, and it was time for me, if I was gonna go into a senior position, that, um, that it was about that time in my life. And so I really sensed the moving of God in that, re- in that regard. And so I said to my pastor, I said, you know, I really feel like the Lord's going to be moving me somewhere. And he said, well, where do you think He's going to move you? I said, I don't know. I'm not trying to plan my life. I said, that's up to God. I just feel like I mean, this
0: was all prior
1: to this you is prior to anything. me knowing anything about any opportunity here at all, and so, um, uh, so he said, uh, well, Bob, he says you'll you'll be gone in a year. I said, well, I'm not making any proclamations here. He says, no. He says I asked you for five years and you gave me eight, and he said, uh, uh, he says I knew this day was coming. He says you'll be gone in a year. Two weeks after that, Tom Farrell called me up and Tom Farrell said, hey. He says uh, I got this opportunity that's come up he says and uh, we thought about you and I said, what is that and he told me about the fact that the camp was given the Tri City and uh, he says and uh, we think that you're the guy now I, I went to the wilds I used to take my kids the teens to uh, the wilds and uh, as that was where I met Tom Farrell and Ken Collier and the folks at the wilds and actually when I was in Southern California I used to go to camp at Ironwood And as a matter of fact, we were active in the camp ministry out there with Walt Brock, and we actually, uh, our church made their first uh, Ironwood sign. We made a sandblasted sign for Ironwood Uh and uh, put it out there. And so I used to go to the youth conferences there, and and there was a real sense in my life where I felt like my youth ministry was just, uh, I was trained in, in a philosophy that was not productive, and I was looking for something that was, that was would work a whole lot with with, with more something more deep uh, ex- not just deep but that had fruit that remained mm-hmm. you know and uh so um so i met with a guy named joe keefler at uh, he was a counselor at uh, ironwood and joe said if you ever get out east he says you need to go to the wilds he says some great people out there so when we moved to south louisiana and became a youth pastor out there i took my kids to the wilds and uh, and so it was there that we began to develop a relationship with the staff at the wilds Tom Farrell for one and uh, and then also we met bill coffee who introduced uh, introduced us to proteins and so we got into the protein program (laughs) which really helped develop my whole youth philosophy Mm -hmm. and, and how to work with young people and develop young people for the sake of you know giving their lives to christ and going into the ministry and such and so those eight years in south louisiana were really formative for me just in developing my youth philosophy and how to really help people to grow And as a result of that, we really saw some things happen. We had a big youth staff, we had a bunch of kids. Kids were going to the ministry, and it was exciting to see that happen. I was also in charge of of, uh, youth rallies across the Mid-South, Mississippi, Louisiana. And uh, so I had a number of churches that, that I had orchestrated these youth rallies with. Well, I invited Tom Farrell to come and be a speaker for one of the youth rallies. And so between going to the Wilds and having Tom speak with me, that developed Tom's understanding of me and me mm-hmm. and him. And also Tom was at Tri-City at that time. And so that's that was the link right. between us and Tri-City because I knew nothing of Tri-City prior to. All I knew was Tom. Right. And, Tom and was it's there. neat how
0: God orchestrated the decisions that you, you mm-hmm. know, the guy to talk to you at Ironwood. And then for you to go to the Wilds, you met Tom Farrell there. Tom Farrell then is the source of really the well, understanding like, of what what the camp needed it's like at that the old time.
1: Him, you know, Jesus led me all the way. And, yes, and that's 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 we are very confident that that God's a sovereign God. He knows yeah, where we're, we're supposed to be yeah, going. Exactly. And where he's leading us, and and that was part of the whole leadership part. And so, um, so long story short was that you know we had several trips back and forth, and Pastor Herbst had decided that uh, we were the ones to take the the job, and so we had. We had a number of churches that we knew, and of course, we started there trying to get make what contact. Year, what year was this? Nineteen
0: ninety-three. Nineteen
1: ninety-three, and so so you actually, what happened was, is uh, I had a huge um, um, uh, fundraising project that uh, we had raised some money for d- development of schools, and so uh, I raised thirty-five thousand dollars on this fundraising project, and then you know it was a computer project. We were actually installing computers in the in in the software and the learning centers and stuff like that. And so when this this uh, opportunity came to me, uh, I think it was like in May or June uh, of 93, uh, I felt the responsibility to finish the job because I raised this money to get this project done and I felt like I needed to get this project done. So pastor asked me when I could be available to come. And so I said, well, I've got to get this job done because I started it and I need to finish it. So I couldn't be available until August. And so that's when we officially came on. It was in August of 1993.
0: And was um, what was the camp like when you first visited it? Because had it sat empty?
1: Oh, it was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, can you describe that a little bit? Like well, everything was a maintenance project. Uh, everything was run down. Uh, everything was like It was like BMA had... Uh, uh, it was no longer able to sustain itself. And, and BMA,
0: for those that are listening, is the Bible Memory Association. Correct. The other ones that built and founded the camp back mm-hmm. in the great 1940s. ministry back
1: in the day, but the Christian School Movement with its memory programs and you know co- and some other issues actually made it so the organization was you know didn't thrive at that particular time. And so I
2: think they were just doing all they could to and keep the, things and afloat. They had, well, I believe three camps at the time. This was just well, one of three, I believe. Right? Well, they yeah. actually had I, six
1: or seven camps when mm-hmm. they were in okay. the heyday. They were down to the last two, and they offered this. They offered one to another ministry, yeah. and Pastor Herbster and Tri City were yeah. able to take this one here. This is where it all started, though. Right. It all started right here. This was the first right. camp. Right.
0: And uh, to those that are listening, this interesting note that the uh, son of the founder of BMA has an organization called Scripture Memory Fellowship. And uh, they have, uh, for the last six years, come and utilized the camp. Mm-hmm. Um, and many of those, uh, for, for their own scripture memory camp, and many of those folks date way back to the BMA time. And it's always a blessing when people come through that are in their older years yeah. that had come to camp here um, during met those BMA years. Memories. In the
1: course of our travel, early travels, we met a number of pastors who actually went through the Bible Memory Association program and we now pastors in ministries and churches that we actually went to visit. So uh, it was neat to be able to uh, – they were older, but obviously went through the program, so it, it had done a lot to help these guys, you mm. know, continue in the faith.
0: So back to, like, the camp had been sitting empty for a little while, and, it was, and it, there was a lot of needs.
1: Yes, so all the buildings were run down, uh, they were all in need of repair. When we came here to the lake, 23-acre uh, lake, I, I would say uh, – There was probably, of those 23 acres, uh, I would say there was probably 16 to 18 acres of that 23-acre lake lake were all overcome with
2: grass. I remember the picture seeing your family out there pulling those. So we did,
1: because we had a, you know, uh, everything was just getting ready. So we uh, had volunteers come. uh, We worked all, we we went out there and got it in canoes and we literally pulled all of the grass out Mm -hmm. of the lake by hand loaded up a canoe, brought it out, unloaded the canoe, took a pickup truck and took it out and pulled all the grass out so that when you first came, you all across the front edge of the lake and all in the whole cove over here was all cleared. So you actually saw the lake, you know, and uh, um, so we did that. Plus we re-roofed all of the, all the buildings, we re-roofed and uh, just remodeled, fixed up, painted up got the debris out it was did all just, that you could
0: to get it ready
1: for camp oh yeah we just went into overdrive to get it all ready i took my son our kids when we were at the previous ministry down in south louisiana we i was in charge of buildings and maintenance so our kids learned how to mow grass at a real early age mm-hmm. <laughs> and so uh so they kept all the church grounds. we had 16 acres down in south louisiana so when they came up here they were already equipped as far as how to take care of things so my oldest son i put him in charge of of uh, basically keeping the mowing up, and so he uh, they knew how to mow and they knew how to eat, eat, they knew yeah. how to make things look good, and so that I was think, their focus.
0: I think we'd all be, uh, be able to say that uh, raising a family at camp has been a huge help in getting them to uh, love ministry and enjoy yes, serving, right. and yep. and uh, and it's been a great. I mean, I'm sure you guys would echo that, like just getting the kids Amen. involved and. And where would we have been, any one of us, but especially in those pioneer days, oh, yeah. it, had you not had your family, you know, to oh, serve no, that, along with No, I mean, that was you. it.
1: It was our family ministry. It was nobody, you know. It, right, at that was time here. it was just you, correct? Like, it was us, and then we had a maintenance guy come on, and he was uh, working with us for a time. And uh, so, uh, then a secretary, and mm-hmm. so, but my wife was really the one who manned the phones and took care of most of that. So she so what was in the, the office, and we were over in the side, uh, probably right now where Mike's office is. Uh, and so that was their homeschooling room. So the kids would, would look out the lake there and they would do their homeschooling. And my wife had the phone there and so anybody called for the camp, my wife would answer the phone and the kids would take their earphones and they put it over the side of their head so they can hear who was on the <laughs> phone, you know? And so, uh, but then when, when the retreat started, when we had actually had people coming on board, you know, uh, they would come. Of course, during the time the kids were in school, sometimes when we had some of the retreats during the fall and the spring, and so uh, the kids would they'd go to school, get some done, and then they would go work in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. They would go sing. We our family sang together, so they would go sing for the mm-hmm. specials. And my son was took care of all the uh, PA, and he he manned the the controls to make sure that was all mm-hmm. done. They go back to school some more, then they go and they do lunch, and they go back to school some more, and sometimes they finish school at 10 o'clock at night because yep. we had to stay on course right. because right. Yep. when summer came, you know what I mean, we right. had to start staff training and go through a full summer. They couldn't do school in the summer, so we we had to stay on course yep. even though there's a retreat coming or something else like that.
0: These were pioneer days because you literally starting with a camp facility but no clientele i think uh pastor graham was a pivotal person because of his influence in the state already Mm. of louisiana and your heart for young people and um tell me about uh you know since we're in those beginning years there um what was that like to try to get people to come for the first time to a camp that perhaps a
1: little bit okay because um, uh, When I came out I knew that the wilds philosophy of camping I felt like was probably the most promising philosophy of camping And so um, I back up because I think it's foundational in what took place in those early days Um, So when we finally said yes, we'll come then what we did is we made arrangements to go to the wilds And when I went to the wilds (laughs) I met with every single person who was in charge of anything at the wilds Mm -hmm. and so I went with a battery of questions And I went to every single one, I went to Ken Hay, Ken Collier, Rand Hummel, uh, you know, I think, what was the the fellow who was in charge of the... um, Rick Stoner. Rick Stoner, everybody, the kitchen, Cal, everybody. Mm -hmm. I went to all those people that were in charge of anything, and I sat down with them for hours, sometimes two, just to find out. I asked them every question I could think of in their particular area of camping. Uh, And so they gave me their time, and I was so indebted to them because, you know... They were willing to share, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I was willing to learn. Yeah.
0: I remember I was uh, I was a college staff member when you came for that yeah. for that summer to evaluate and to uh, I wasn't learn. evaluating, I was learning. Yeah, <laughs> right, <exactly. laughs> I, was, I right.
1: mean, I had gone to camp, and cam- I all the camps and all over the place, you know, but like I said, I believe they had uh, yeah. the premier uh, philosophy of camping as far as my experience was what concerned. What made the
0: difference in that philosophy that uh, – that you feel like is was was why you wanted to structure
1: the philosophy here because because they had taken the time to train their counselors and i looked at camp like a turn like like you would a contractor a turnkey job uh, a, a contractor that builds something he's skilled in the process of building he already has the resources he already has the know-how he's working at this all the time he knows how to make a building or how to make uh, something work and function properly. Right. He knows how to do it. <coughs> so many of the churches that when I was visiting early on, they were doing their own camps. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and right. so it was a one-week deal for them. And, and they were sincere as they could be. They had hearts mm-hmm. that wanted to see people change. But they simply couldn't do what an experienced camp program with the philosophy that was already in place with workers that were trained Mm -hmm. with. uh, You know, it's it's basically, I looked at it as we can do more for your kids in the week that they have Mm -hmm. camp. Then you can do because we're yeah. doing this all the time. Right. So we know what activities work and what activities don't. We know how to keep them safe, and we know what we know right. the properties because we're here all the time. Mm-hmm. We know everything about this, so we can give you the best camping experience yeah. that you can have. The fifty-second so, week principle. Uh, yeah. and, and so uh, and. So that was what I needed to sell, but I, I, I basically got that from the Wilds. They, mm-hmm. were, th- they were so instrumental. Because I went to the Wilds, I went to Northland, I went to a number of camps all over the place. Gathered from all of them, but the Wilds was really the one who I was able to spend the most time with. Mm-hmm. And Ken Collier, Ken, Ham, uh, Ken um, Hay, and, and all those folks just gave me all kind of time. Ken Hay told me this, he said, Bob, he says, you need to be Mr. Philosophy. He said, you need to go around, and he says, you need to have the philosophy of camping, the philosophy of how this is all supposed to work. Mm -hmm. And then you need to impart that philosophy to the people who follow you, and Mm -hmm. they carry it out. And so uh, I'll never forget those words, you know. And then, of course, the other guys would give me the practical know-how, you know, how to make things work in the kitchen, how to make things work Mm -hmm. in the program, how to make things work. And so basically our first couple years was taking – and trying to reproduce a working model. Mm-hmm. And then once we reproduce a working model, then we customize it to make it us, because right. we're not the East, we're the Mid-South. And so there's a difference between the East right. you know, yep. and the Mid-South. And then we began to make the Camp Southland us, not just, we're not trying to be a Wild's clone, we're trying to be Southland. And uh, so so there was a transition, but first we had to get the working model, get it working and functioning properly. Mm-hmm. Then we tweak it to make it what the Mid-South needs. Because we, the Mid-South yeah. has a whole mix of right. cli- a whole list of churches that we had to be able to reach and they were not intermingling.
2: Exactly.
1: And so we had to be able to cross those lines yep. and, and do so being wise as a serpent and harmless mm-hmm. as a dove per se, we're providing something that we felt like was a high standard. So nobody can accuse you of a high standard. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. They can accuse you if you dip your standard, yep. but they can't accuse you if your standard's higher. Right. And so we tried to make sure that we kept everything on the high road, yep. so that they couldn't say that we were hurting their kids or you know right. taking their kids away from something that mm-hmm. was good and sound. They didn't necessarily come agreeing with some of the standards that we had, but they couldn't they couldn't object to or they right. couldn't criticize the standards because they weren't you know something that was going to right. Bring any kind of approach upon yep. their ministry.
0: Yeah, and what was that first week of camp like when you first had camp? You remember the first week? Tell well, us about I'll tell you some.
1: Some of the early camps, of course, and we was had that some rentals. in '94?
2: The first week that yeah. You well, did? That,
1: actually, we had some retreats. You know, that were kind of uh, you know some in the fall of '93, came, correct? Yeah, a few, but uh, for the most part, they were Tri City coming down and having a but summer leadership but summer camp did not start until '94. 94 right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we got here in August of '93. So mm-hmm. you know the camping season was pretty much behind yeah. us there, as far as summer camping. So we had leadership camps, you know, that we start what we had, you know, early on, and basically they were coming down just to populate, right. you know what I mean, and have right. a place to meet. But when we got into the summer of '94, again the wilds was a great help because I gathered staff training manuals from all these different places, and so that gave us kind of a foundation to produce a staff training week. You know, mm-hmm. this is what you incorporate, and mm-hmm. this is what you have. And that's so we still use uh, a lot of that the yeah, same material. Right. So we started it, then we tweaked it. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's how right. most people do anyway. You get mm-hmm. a foundation, then you build upon the foundation. The camp, so the camp word. That's right, yeah. <laughs> so, uh So that first summer, I remember some of those camping weeks. Of course, I think everybody understands this when you're starting off. You got people say they're coming and they don't, you know. And I remember one week we had a junior camp and it was in the first summer. I had 21 kids. I had more staff members. I think mm-hmm. I had like, you know, probably 30 some odd, 40 staff members. And I got 21 kids for camp. And I think to myself, oh, my soul. These yeah. kids, <laughs> you know, they come to camp and they got 21. And kids that does present around. a
0: lot of challenges when yep. the camp is that small. It
1: does. But I thought, you know, I thought, oh, you know, the Bible says despise not the day of little things, you know. And mm-hmm. and I was despising the day of little things because I right. was thinking this is not going to be a great camping experience for these kids. Yeah. And uh, and yet, you know, some of those kids came back every year of their Mm candy lifetime became staff members, became pastors, mm-hmm. became, I mean, I know kids from that first week that have gone on and have literally are serving the Lord today yeah. because they were part of that 21, and some of them said that was the best camping week yeah. that they had. And that was instructive for me because yeah. I thought, you know, 21 kids, they're yeah. not going to have a great Never time. Never underestimate. Yeah, they, right, they didn't care about time. numbers. They no, yeah, I did, but they didn't.
0: Now, moving to Todd for just a little bit, and then we'll come back to, uh, brother Graham but uh, tell us how you came to Southland initially did did brother Bob hire you to come down or no. tell us about this experience I mean and I know that there was a time frame there was there where was no, Adam
1: Godshaw was well there because the what camp. was your
2: last year when when did you leave here? summer
1: 99 actually was my last summer then I finished out all the fall retreats we started the church uh, restarted the church up uh, in uh, my first um, Sunday was Thanksgiving week of nineteen ninety nine, November. Ninety
2: nine. And Adam Godshaw was here who was an assistant up at Tri City under
1: mm-hmm. he was Carl Herbster, your
2: dad. At yeah, Adam was here during the summers, but then during that time he stayed through the fall. Yeah, that's right. And then Adam stayed here through two thousand and into two thousand and one, but then you know, it was funny to me when we first came, when I found out that you guys came in 1993. Ninety, 1993, August of 1993, is when we moved to Wisconsin to go to Bible College. I had got saved in 1991, surrendered to the ministry, went to Bible College in August of 1993, the same time you came and started this. And then it was, so we went to Bible college at Northland and I was an older student and I was in my, I was in my early thirties when I was getting done with the Bible college and it was Tom Farrell. Uh, hmm. And uh, your dad and others, that, and folks at Northland that were uh, telling me that I needed to go on for seminary. And, I, and now I'm too old. I need, to, yeah, I need to get out there and get going. And, and they kept encouraging me with, no, you need to get your tools sharper and to be prepared. And, and so we it and prayed the Lord. Well, then we ended up moving uh, to Kansas City. Uh, and going to seminary, uh, and and that was in uh, 1997, the fall of 97, or uh, the spring of 97, and when we went there, uh, the philosophy of the of the of the seminary was everybody had to work a secular job so you knew what it was like for, you know, the, the layman to have to go mm-hmm. to work and make it to church and everything else and you're still required to be there. And for me I, I said that I was uh, you know, my whole life was in secular work. I had plenty of experience in that. I, I needed more uh, experience in the church, but there just wasn't anything there. And so I was working construction job while we were there. And it was the fall then of 97, when uh, you know Pastor Herbster uh, approached me and the staff about coming on and taking over uh, the maintenance and custodial and you know becoming the buildings and ground supervisor. And I, I remember being so excited To me, I was, for the first time in my life, I was in full-time ministry. And Mm -hmm. I remember guys that I graduated from Bible college are like, you're a janitor. I said, I'm in ministry, I'm full-time at a a church, I'm able to be here full-time and and doing the work of the ministry. I was super excited, Mm -hmm. I had no idea how busy it was going to (laughs) get. Uh, but so through our years there and ended up uh, ultimately becoming on, on, on uh, pastoral staff and some other things. But as we finished up our seminary uh, years, uh, my burden was at Bible College, we had opportunities to stay there. At Tri-City, we had opportunities to stay. But my burden always was that I knew that there was places all over the country and all over the world that were praying for somebody to come and be some kind of a help. Uh, in whatever case that could be. And and one of the things I was burdened with was for smaller ministries to be able to go and maybe help them with facility things and and, uh, oversight and evaluation and and even Mm -hmm. projects, while at the same time being able to minister the Word. And so we were burned to do that, and I shared that with Pastor Herbst, your dad, and and, uh, and over a period of time. And then he just asked me one day, and I knew at the time because Adam and I actually shared an office at Tri-City. And then Adam had moved down here, and he had asked if I would be interested in basing out of Southland, helping out with that very thing here buildings and grounds and that kind of stuff and uh, and then traveling and doing whatever and, and so my wife and I we came down and visited and um, the Bowens were here and uh, Ed senior and uh, you know just you know they're only here for a year but you know I felt like you knew them for a lifetime yeah. they're just great sweet, folks. Sweet folks yeah great folks and and so when uh, we came down and visited and just you know my wife and I prayed about it and just felt like yeah this could be a good. A good option. It was a tough what year. Was that, Todd? Uh, that was in two thousand and one. Uh, we came when down first moved, over you? spring break. We came in two thousand and one, early in the year. Uh, we didn't move until May uh, when we were done with seminary and everything up there at Tri City. Um, and finished up some uh, staff things there. I and mean, at um, that time, Adam Godshaw was here. Adam was here as the, as the uh, acting the director. Acting director for the camp. Uh, yeah, because, you know, and, and even then, you know, even though uh, Adam was the director, you, you know, he made it known, even publicly, that this probably wasn't his long-term thing. Um, and, you know, which, you know, was fine. Uh, and It wasn't anything that it was ever, ever in my mind. Yeah. Um, and but when we came we saw the the opportunity to uh, minister and um, to be here uh, enjoy camp Of course uh, going to Northland I worked for the camp there uh, did projects you know we did a mini golf course in a pioneer village and and lots of projects that we built up there and and I love doing that Um, and and being a part of the behind the scenes uh, stuff And, and and one of the things and that's where my philosophy helped develop was for behind the scenes a lot of times people that are doing behind the scenes stuff don't see themselves as in the ministry because they're not directly working with people but every single part of it is working with people because absolutely if, if behind the scenes stuff aren't going right then people are distracted from paying attention to the spiritual part, yes. you know, if behind-the-scenes stuff isn't happening and, and things are broken down and the fun activities aren't working and aren't safe, well, they're not having fun. If if things aren't uh, clean in somebody's room and all they're concerned about is I'm sleeping in this dirty room, I'm not paying attention to the, right. the preacher's saying and the importance of those things of details. In fact, Jeff Call, who was a director at Northland, uh, was pretty instrumental. In that, but when we came, to, we came, we moved here uh, during team training week, uh, staff training week, uh, and not really prepared to do much, but helped just trying to get involved in it. And, and we spent that summer, and I did some traveling and and went and helped, and I got to know some other churches, and ministered there in the fall. And uh, it was actually during the teen retreat, uh, the winter teen retreat, uh, when uh, Pastor Herbster was down here and was meeting with uh, Adam, and myself, and it was funny that um, it was Tom Farrell who talked to Pastor Herbster that uh, they thought that I would be a long-term option for director. And, and I say that uh, it, was, it, it caught me off guard because, and I said if they would have asked me that before we, when we were leaving Tri-City, when we were leaving seminary, I'm not even sure how serious I'd have prayed about it because I never saw myself as a camp director or the leader of a ministry. That just wasn't who I saw me as being. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But after being here for a summer, how God prepares, uh, after being here for a summer, I saw what a great way in that position to, to minister to churches, uh, to minister to people, uh, not just campers, but to college kids that are coming and uh, have a broader realm of, of influencing uh, people. And serving churches, you know, from the very beginning, the philosophy of God ordained the local church. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Amen. it's not the camp or the college or anything else that God implemented. We're here as that, that help to be that Aaron and her to hold up uh, the local church to carry on that ministry. And, uh, and that was... Uh, very uh, uh, challenging and a blessing to me. Saying I, we could see that, but I didn't see it until that conversation started to happen. And what it,
0: year was that? Was that two thousand
2: and two? No, that was a, we came in May of two thousand and one, and December of two thousand and two is when this happened. So, mm-hmm. uh, kind of the the transition. And Adam Godshaw was still here, and so we transitioned through that next. Um, You know, that next spring uh, into summer, uh, Adam stayed on doing the program and everything all the way through the next summer of 2002, um, and he, you know, still kind of handled all the recruiting and uh, all the program-related things, and as I was getting, you know, on the inner workings of uh, a lot of things and building. So we have uh, Pastor Graham was here from
0: 1993, the start of the camp, to 99, and then there was an interim period. There, where adam godshaw was overseeing the camp until from 99
2: till 2002
0: yeah the december meeting and, and then 2002 mm-hmm. and then um, what year was it that you how long were you here todd
2: uh then december of 2008 was the end of our official time here but we didn't move until april of 2009.
0: And so your ministry then was transitioned up to montana where you are are currently so i mean when when i sit here and i talk to you men it's it's such a blessing to to just think about what god has done in your lives and in the ministry that you had here Mm